joy through adversity. I want to tell you about my basic training experience in AIT in the Army. I joined the Utah National Guard when I was 17 years old. And we went into an induction center where they, you know, they do, you sign a bunch of paperwork. And I, th I think I must have signed 30 or 40 pages of things. Uh, later I found out that they can call me back into service throughout my entire life. And people laugh and say, no, no, they can't. Well, I just had a friend recently that's 54 years old that was called back into Afghanistan. Um, if they need you, they can do it. <laughs> um, so I went through the induction. They shave you bald. I had long hair, so it was kind of uh, hard for me. They shave off all your hair. And so then when I ended up in Alabama, <clears throat> I got off a bus with a bunch of other guys at the basic training facility and the drill sergeants are screaming at you obviously you've heard that they they break you down so that they can teach you and mold you to what they want you to learn back in 1982 basic training was different than it is now uh, I'm not going to say that it was more difficult because I haven't been through basic the current basic training but from what I've read and what I've looked at, there's certain things they can't do to you or or say to you anymore that they used to be able to because the rules were pretty sketchy back then. And, you know, as far as getting hit or pushed or will uh, verbally abused as well from where you were from or what you looked like. Yeah, there was a lot of that, even though my drill sergeants were black. Um, there was still, a, they just used those techniques to break you down. So as I'm getting off the bus, they're having me say my social security number. And I didn't memorize my social security number. I didn't know I had to, but I I got it pretty fast, got it memorized. But they were, uh, I got off the bus and dropped my bags on a drill sergeant's foot uh, on the outside. And oh, man. That was crazy. So um, when you talk about doing push-ups, that was something they had you do constantly is, is push-ups. We got up at, oh my gosh, we were getting up at 3.30 in the morning to go do PT, the physical training. And on Sundays, we got to sleep in until 6. Uh, and then in AIT, when we started military police training um, two months later, we got a respite. We got to get up at 4.30. <laughs> so uh, we would we would do the exercise, and then we would come back and clean the barracks, and then we would go off to breakfast. And it's interesting because we would go in, and I still have some of these habits where um, I can eat with both hands. <laughs> I can use two forks at the same time. I know that sounds nuts because you really should enjoy your food, which I do now, but... Um, I would eat my dessert first because if I would be in line and I'm going through the line at breakfast, lunch, or dinner and I could be almost all the way through the line and the drill sergeant would come in and he'd say, Charlie Company, on your feet. And then everybody in my company had to stand up and leave the mess hall. And so it didn't matter if you hadn't gone all the way through the line so a lot of us would eat in the line so that we'd have something in our stomachs if we got 
called out right then because you only had a short time to eat and then they would pull you out. And so I remember that happening and I thought, oh crap, I, I'm going to eat my dessert first. <laughs> Back then, I, and, and now I probably would have down some carbs because you're using so many carbs. It's just, it's ridiculous. So we would, as I mentioned, do the cleaning and then we'd go off to classes. Um, a lot of times they'd have us run to classes and in, in PT, we were wearing tennis shoes, uh, a military police shirt and green shorts. And then we would, they, they had areas of grass, but they would have us do all our exercises in the dirt. And so we were sweating and we were doing push-ups and sit-ups. And so every day we would come out basically filthy from PT. And so, you know, obviously you'd go back and shower, but then you had to get your PT uniform clean for the next day. And we only had, I think I had three of them. So you had to be washing late at night and doing things late at night, cleaning your boots, for example, because we, we'd go on runs. And it was Alabama in the summertime. And so it did rain. And it was muddy. And if you had muddy boots, you are in trouble. And so after you'd come back, everybody had to get what what was called squared away. <laughs> so your locker had to be pristine. Nothing could be out of place. Everybody had pretty much the same thing. Um, I had some future um, floor polish that I put in a little detergent bottle if I remember right if it might have been in a bleach bottle I can't remember but we cleaned out the bottle and put the future floor polish in so that when we would get a pretty good shine on your boots then you could take a cloth and put a little bit of that future wax on and just rub it across the toe and you didn't want to do a whole lot of it because you'd get wax build up and we had to be shining our shoes and and doing different methods of getting them clean. And they put a lot of focus on that, which I don't think they do anymore. But we'd have to have really nice boots every day. And when we showed up uh, for inspection, and then they'd walk by and inspect. And if you had anything out of place, they'd scream and yell at you. Um, I remember one time I was going through this training which we had different stations of going from training to training and the drill sergeant pulled me out and said come over here I want you to guard this guide on so the guide on was our company flag he said stand here and guard it I don't want anybody to to touch it nobody was going to touch it anyway but I was there for several hours just standing there um, guarding the flag and another sergeant came up and says what are you doing here? And I told him I was guiding the guarding the guide on, and he just got a grin on his face and walked away because he realized that another drill sergeant was messing with me. That that kind of stuff happened all the time. I mean, a drill sergeant saw a guy with a gum in his mouth, and he came up to him and he had him take it out and put it in his pocket. He just they would do things. I mean, radical things. And um, we had the mop gear that we had to wear. So we'd have to train into mop gear. And what that mop gear was, was is if there was a, if you want to say nuclear war or whatever, this mop gear had a charcoal lining and it was supposed to protect you and you sealed up and you had a mask and it was hot and it was summertime. 
and we had a special way where we could actually hook up a canteen to it so we could drink without taking our masks off. Um, and we would be in this mop gear, cleaning our weapons, um, doing basic things, and we couldn't <laughs> take it off. And sometimes people would just pass out because it was so hot in Alabama at that time. And, and so that led to them making us drink a certain amount of water or we would get to a spot and they would make us pour the canteens over our head and then fill up so you've had some uh, water and then you fill up and drink and then they have you fill up again. They had these big tanks periodically that uh, were water tanks and we'd fill up the canteens. And so they had bivouac. So we went out, that's like a camping if you want to say. So we were out camping for two weeks straight at one point where we played war games and we were in tents obviously and foxholes and things like that and we were out camping and um, we hadn't showered in I don't know five six days and the sergeant came up and says you guys stink and I'll leave the swear words out of this podcast it's probably not productive and he says you guys stink you've got to go to the river and so he took us all down to the river and everybody stripped down, and we used our helmets. Now, back in those days, the helmets weren't Kevlar. Later on, I got a Kevlar helmet. But the what we had, we had a helmet liner, which went inside. It's kind of like a construction hard hat, kind of has the little uh, lining. And then I also had this steel pot that was on the outside, which was steel. Supposedly, it could help against shrapnel, but obviously it didn't stop, you know certain rounds from going through it but we used that and they gave us soap and we're all naked in the river uh, bathing in this in this river freezing river so I remember that's quite a memory but we all got basically clean and then got our clothes back on our dirty clothes back on because we didn't have clean clothes out then when we were just out camping so um, there was a lot of interesting things going on we'd have uh, competitions and we have the 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 exercises where we count each other each other's push-ups and the sergeants would count your push-ups and and I remember one time this this kid he was just super great shape and the sergeant would count one one two three 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 and the kid because the kid wasn't doing his push-ups properly because there's a specific way you look 18 inches out, your your hands are so far apart, and you go down and you touch your chest to the ground, and your head's looking out, and your your back is straight, so your butt's not up in the air. There's all these rules to doing these push-ups. And they wouldn't count them if they weren't properly done. And so this kid must have done 100 push-ups, and they only counted 50 of them. Um, and we had specific goals we had to meet and, and get to. Um, so we'd have to do our runs, and those would be timed as well. And if I remember correctly, I did two miles in 12.16, which back then was a pretty good time. Everybody's, I mean, obviously didn't break any records, but I was in pretty good shape and had a, a six-pack, and I was pretty skinny back then too. I think I weighed 135 pounds in basic so 
there was a lot of adversity. We weren't lifting weights, but we were doing a lot of physical activity. And with the machine guns, I got to shoot the M60s. Later, I was put on an M60 machine gun squad. That's the same uh, weapon that Rambo had. And it's really heavy. It's not something you can just swing around with one arm really easily. <laughs> but we had the M60s and we had the 45 caliber semi-automatic um, weapons that, that f were our sidearms. And then we had the M16 rifles and we learned how to take all those apart and put them back together and and I got pretty good at doing all that I remember I was really kind of worried on the grenade course because as we we're going through one of the one of the things you had to do was throw a grenade and I had to go into the foxhole so many times and the foxhole is like a hole that someone's dug for defenses <laughs> not gonna see that stuff much now but maybe in old movies but I was really worried about that. And I remember uh, Private Terry and I got together and we had a prayer before our competition because it was really nice. Sometimes uh, certain guys would get together in the shower area and have prayers at night and we would do that. Um, those of us that believed in God or had any type of religious views. But I really believe that prayer helped not only calm me, but helped me with what I was doing because I was horrible at baseball and that's why the the American grenades were made round because of baseball and the Russian grenades had this oblong thing on them so that they would they could throw them in a different fashion anyway we passed that grenade test and there was lots of other tests that we had to do and um, driving tests it had to be um, certified to drive the big big trucks and it was quite the training during those two months. And, you know, I, I went from an E1 to E2, E3, which really isn't anything. I mean, that's just the private, <laughs> private rank. And then, then it's, I got to be a spec four, which is a specialist. And the next rank up was sergeant. I never, I never got to that, but um, I learned a lot of things in the military, but adversity ended up bringing me joy because after I came back, I appreciated not just my freedom, but I appreciated so much more. I mean, I appreciated my family because I had at that time uh, away from them. I appreciated uh, food because the food wasn't horrible, but it wasn't the best. And I just really learned to appreciate what I had in life and the blessings that I had in life. Sounds corny again, but that's it.